Kopf. Every single week. Oh, I'm saying every single week. We don't record every week. But every single time we record, you fuck up the audio every time. You haven't been in. How would you know? And I don't publish them as frequently as I used to, so... I'm sure you must have at least 10 episodes that are edited but unpublished. At least 10. <laughs> That's the real podcast, just the ones that we never, never post. Hi, and welcome to the podcast, where everything flows fast, free, and frictionless. Today, we'll be chatting about CES. I'm your landlord, Chris Reed, and joining me today is Ryan Dodds and a man with no voice, Alan Blake. That's it. That was a fast one. Do I need more content? Nah, not really. Nobody okay. really. That's fine. There it is. Oh, yeah, we're no Gents, what are we drinking? You're going to be very disappointed. What is it, Ryan? Well, although, Chris, I am very impressed with your coffee station in your new kitchen. That is phenomenal. I would love that. But sidetracking, um, I am off alcohol for the foreseeable. As a New Year's resolution? Um, it started just after Christmas. Um, so it wasn't necessarily a New Year thing. I just decided that I wasn't going to bother with it anymore. So coffee and water are my two main loves now. So, yeah. I know it doesn't really fit with the, the podcast ethos, but uh, I'm going to give it a go and see how far I can get. Uh, that's fine. It's healthy to do a fast every once in a while. Um, if you yeah, do, like, seltzers are pretty good uh, to, like, tickle the uh, the itch of, of something zesty. Yeah, it's it's. let's be honest, it's going to last a few weeks and that'll be it really, isn't it? I mean, I've yeah. already walked past the hotel bar and thought, oh, I could do with a pint. They've actually got Beaver Town neck oil on tap downstairs. And I was like, hmm, that is, that is too tempting. But no, I'm, I'm here with my bottle of water and I'm good. I, that's the, like, the, the hotel bars with really good, like, cocktails. Those are the ones that I'm always like, nah, I'm going to swing over and check those out. I can, I can, I can give up the beer, but the, uh, the cocktails occasionally, that's what gets me. Hmm. Um, Alan, what are you drinking? Oh, what am I drinking? Well, I'm like, I'm like Ryan. I'm having a cup of tea right now. Get in, lad. I am. I am. And the reason why is because I've drank an obscene amount of alcohol over the last couple of weeks. <laughs> and I've decided I'm not doing a dry January because that's just really stupid because I know I'm not going to last five minutes. So I've decided to just... Torn it down. Yeah, just a little bit. I don't... Yeah. I'm just going to drink a cup of tea enjoy a social podcast for a change it's going to be a rare treat for the listeners or listener whoever that may be it's going to be really boring like it ain't it's going to be great it's going to be fine especially i'm i'm in the same boat we've got the coffee and then like a vitamin water thing it's still early for you though isn't it it is yeah i mean this is a question how do you have your tea I think this is a very controversial subject in the UK about how people take their tea. Um, well, I take it orally. <laughs> like everyone else. <laughs> Much better than the alternative. <laughs> yeah, you don't get a tea suppository or anything like that. Oh, there could be one out there. I've not tried it. Yeah, but, well, I have my the problem tea. is the bags get stuck. <laughs> 
so you're talking i have my how you make a cup of tea here yeah. right okay so so i'm as always a controversial figure i put the milk in first and then add the water oh mm-hmm. even i know that's wrong but I, I don't understand though because how do you how do you know one milk is filthy and you should never use it <laughs> two how do you know the right strength because depending on how long you leave the tea bag in there that 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 tea is going to be a bit stronger or it's going to be a bit weaker so if you just like guess the milk and put it in it's just it's just not really an exact science is it it's just never is but i will say that i know my tea content and my tea color so after years of making lots of cups of tea actually i've been making more cups of tea these last six to eight weeks than I actually have anything else to the point where I've got it nailed down. And normally it's because I can't be asked to pull the water in, stir the tea bag, then go to the fridge and get the milk and then pour it in and then put it back. Normally what I do is I prep everything, get it all ready, just pull the hot water in, stir stir the tea bag, get it to a, a colour that I like, and then I'm on my way. And that's it, I'm done. Stir the tea sorry. bag. See, this is controversial again. Well, what are you supposed to do with it? You just leave it to sort of like mast and just you, you don't like just drop it in and out no that's what alan does on a nightly basis just drop it in and out but <laughs> are we still talking about making tea now but we moved on <laughs> <laughs> uh, and obviously i'm not going to ask the american how he makes his tea because it's naturally going to be wrong so yeah i don't <laughs> yeah that's fine my wife occasionally has tea just hot water in let it sit for a while and then pull it out. Do you know how, many, vari- Do you know how many variations there are of tea? Oh God, unbelievable amounts. There's there's loads. That well, can you, you tell me this? Do you know the difference between an English tea and a breakfast tea? Yeah. What is it? So it's the blend of the tea leaves specifically. I just thought they were the same, depending on which hotel you were staying in. No. <laughs> I thought no. Isn't all tea you have in the morning breakfast tea? Well, that's my point. And or it's English tea. It's it's breakfast tea or it's labeled as English tea. And that's typically depends on which hotel I stay in. Whether in, if I'm in the US, it's English tea. And if I'm in somewhere like, I don't know, the Premier Inn or somewhere, it it'll be breakfast tea. You know the car the sachets you just get inside your room with a kettle? Um so I didn't think it was blend specific personally. It is. Is it? Oh. Yeah. Oh wow! Check out the connoisseur with us, eh? The old uh, tea bag connoisseur, eh? Ooh. Oh, I love a good tea bag. There's, there's nothing I love more. Than well, good... you said it, not me. I thought I would say it before anybody else did, <laughs> but because you haven't had a drink, Alan, I feel like you're losing your edge here a little bit. Why? I'm never losing. Somebody would have been all over that. True. Maybe I have dropped, dropped, dropped the bag, as I say, rather than the ball. But yeah, the tea bag. I dropped the tea bag a little bit because I'm not <laughs> drinking. But yeah, look, I mean, you know, new year, new start. We're fresh faced, aren't we? Look at this. We're hunky dory, ready to go. Yep. What's the New Year's resolutions then, boys? Have we got any? Not really. I don't really do New Year's resolutions. No, not me. What about you, Chris? No, not at all. What's like what's the point of a specific date to start something? <laughs> Then particularly for fitness ones, like if you're going to go to the gym, why start it then? Because then you're just going to be with everyone else in the uh, in the gym that well, isn't going to be there in February. 
I was at the gym at 5.30 this morning. A little busy? No. That's the best time to go, 5.30 in the morning. Why? Is that the best time to go? Why? So one, so one of something I wanted to do a few years ago was to get up earlier in the morning um, rather than like lying in bed till the last possible minute. Um, I wanted to get up, get stuff done. So I try to get up a bit earlier. And I feel like when you go to the gym at that time in the morning, so I get up at 4.30 every morning or at least three days a week. Um, go to the gym, I leave at 5, get there for 5.30. And I don't know, you get back at sort of like quarter to 7, 6, 6, 6.45. The breakfast. The day. Yeah, quick breakfast. Your fitness is done for the day. You feel pretty good. And it sets you out for the rest of the day. What time do you get up, Chris? Uh, depends on the day. Sometimes it's five o'clock. Sometimes it's seven o'clock. Oh, wow. You're an early bird as well. It's seven early. Wow. My alarm goes uh, that's off at seven. Quite late I, I don't get up until eight. Don't you have the kids to take to school and stuff? Yeah, it only takes me two minutes to throw on some tracky bottoms and a hoodie and off I go. Right. Okay. Come back, sit down at me desk and have me coffee bit of porridge see i hear so many people talk about the fact that they get up early and it's really good for the mental state of mind and also mm. fitness is is huge in terms of how it sets you up not just for the day okay. but in general and i think everyone that um, doesn't partake in any type of fitness activity might not i don't think get the full benefits now each to their own i i'm not here to judge anybody but i feel that if you're if you're kind of disciplined enough like you are Ryan to get up at stupid o'clock in the morning and go to the gym I think that's good and if it puts you in the right frame of mind where you're more active you're engaging you're not fatigued you're more alert you're retaining the information that you're absorbing and and obviously learning as the day progresses it's got to be a bonus right it's got to be a benefit for anyone in any type of trade especially you know in, in the technical industries that we work in because it can be cumbersome depending on what you're doing it can be dry it can be you know stuck in the books depends on what you're doing right it, it, it's it's a good thing surely it's tell everyone how beneficial it's got to be to do any um, type of exercise and training so, so, uh, it's 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 definitely a personal thing right i mean i know this is what we weren't scheduled to talk about but no we were it was on the white it was on the it was on the drop paper shh all right okay catching up is on here it's fine well <laughs> I, I feel like it, it's 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 different for everybody and it's personal to everybody. But for me, I I struggled with. So, I think this is going to be sound a bit controversial, right? And I don't mean this in any disrespectful way at all. But I feel like people who work in technology, IT, cybersecurity, whatever, right, have a certain type of mindset or a certain type of person. I think we're programmed in a specific way where we work well with routines, shall we say, right? Um, so for me, if I don't have a routine, I live every day from a calendar, right? Chris, you'll, you'll appreciate this as well, right? Alan's got his nipples out, you know. Um, I work from a calendar every single day, and that tells me what I'm going to do now, next, later, whatever and i work through it 
and it sets a routine. I'm very, very good at keeping that routine. But then when I step outside of that from a work perspective into a life perspective, right? If I haven't got a routine, it doesn't really get done. So when I was trying a few years back to be more active and lose some weight and, and be more healthy, I um I really struggled to go to the gym after work because I was really tired after a long day. You know, it's like some things just catch up on you. You say, I'm going to go to the gym at 5.30 or 6 o'clock. But then by the time you finish work, some things might drag out. You then got to do some dinner for the kids or whatever. It's just, it just doesn't well, you, work. You took that call at 5.30 or 5.29 before you were due to leave and you're still <laughs> in the office desk. God, yes. And that problem that you shouldn't have. Well, I, I don't really fix problems these days, but that's beside just the them. I just call them, yeah. Um, but it just doesn't work for me. Whereas if I go to the gym for 5.30 in the morning, nobody's awake, right? I just get up, go, and it sets me up for the day. So I come home, my breakfast and morning routine is done by 7.30. Then, then I wake the kids up get their breakfast done, get them ready for school, take them to school, uh, back in the house. May even, if I can, squeeze in a dog walk on the morning as well. So whether I take the dogs to the school, get my steps in, or whether I do it after I've took them to the school, if I've got time. So recording this now is way past your bedtime. Oh, believe me, way past. <laughs> Basically, it's like although, 1 a.m. Although I'm not, you, I'm not opening, I'm, 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 not, <laughs> I'm not so early in the morning because I'm working away. So I'm in London today. Um, but it's good that you're doing this because I, I have a different routine. I'm a more of a, I prefer the sleep, but I do go to the gym regularly because I believe in mental well-being and also physical well-being as much. If I, if I feel good, if I've exerted my energy, burnt off all the excess alcohol that I consume, especially with the festive <laughs> period, I feel better for it. And I'm more active. I'm not lethargic. I'm not a sloth. I'm kind of energized. And, and it also helps, as I say, with the brain. Whereas why you don't, some people might say I'm gonna go to the gym others actually Chris because I probably don't see you more as a gym guy but more maybe as a runner could be wrong but a lot of people I've heard in the US especially the US guys who say getting up in the morning at 5 30 6 30 whatever allows them time to get things done that they wouldn't normally have time to do because it's it, it, you know life gets in the way routines with kids or, or work commutes that kind of thing whereas getting up really early very common in the states that I hear, I mean, everyone gets up early, but I'm saying I hear it more prevailing with the guys in the US. Say, so get up early at 5.30 or 6.30 or, or whatever time they choose to allows them to get a whole lot of shit done, whether it's catching up with some blogs, YouTube videos, or reading whatever they read, news, or getting administrative stuff done that they wouldn't normally have done. And then that's it, boom, they're in their office for the rest of the day. But they have that, that quality time just by getting up early rather than sleeping in and then finding that they're just rolling out of bed and just rolling into work. Is that a fair assumption? Uh, yeah. And it also depends. I think a, a lot of folks with kids that the um, school starts relatively early here. I don't know about, uh, about you guys, but like some of the glad, uh, some of the classes start at like seven, seven thirty uh, really? in the morning. Wow, that's yeah. Early, yeah. Well, wow. cause they, they cut the buses. So the buses, the same buses that bring the elementary school has to bring the middle school and then a separate bus brings the high school. So they have to do like two separate circuits of the same area. 
to bring to different schools. So um, some of them are quite early. So I think a lot of folks with kids that they will get up early, they'll do if they've got to do a half hour run or half hour bike or something, they'll be able to do that and then get the kids out the door. I still find it mad that a, a bus just comes and picks up your kids, no matter what age type of thing. It's completely different here in the UK. We've got the typical school run where Alan and his gas guzzling big SUV. Yeah, man. My, my, we all... Rain, with a Range Rover, I don't have a Range Rover. I'd like one, but we've got the uh, the 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 SUV brigade or the Range Rover brigade all parking up, one after the other on the side, mm -hmm. blocking, you know, the prams and and the everyone's and driveways. The yeah, exactly that. And while we get our kids out, walk them five minutes, and then yeah. we do a five minute drive home, pollute the air. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's a U.S. is pretty diverse, so so there are uh, certainly uh, people that that go and drop their kids off at school, uh, and uh, there are, I'm sure there are school districts that don't have buses, but like in rural areas, it's 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 a bus route that that comes school bus that comes and picks up the kids. So, what's your routine then? What's your routine in the um, morning when you get up? Um, so it it I travel quite a bit as well, so it it really depends on whether I'm at my desk or not. So I'll I'll just wake up and um. I, if I'm in the mood for it, I'll, I'll do a bike or a uh, run. Um, but, uh, then just get ready, make breakfast and then sit down whenever I'm finished with that and start rolling on work. Uh, you Peloton no, bike? no kids. What? Peloton bike. Um, so, uh, similar, it, it, uh, no screen or anything. Cause I've got a, um, I've got an issue with screens being attached to otherwise functional things that like, if the screen stops working, the device stops working. So, uh, yeah. it's, uh, um it's just a, a stationary really, bike uh, caught on with to be honest the peloton i know people have spent two three grand on one of these bikes and then it's just been a bit of a fad they've got rid of it and i've seen them on facebook marketplace because don't you have to pay a subscription as well uh, yeah so you pay a subscription for the classes um so it, it's actually like there you can have your problems with its build quality but it's it's actually a pretty neat system where the classes tell you exactly all right here's the rep here's the reps that you're going to do here's the um um uh here's the resistance that you're going to set and because it's made for peloton uh and it's an index like it's a set number for the um for the resistance so you can actually you can do this class one day and decide you know what i'm feeling stronger today i can up the resistance where a lot of the stationary bikes it's just a knob that you're twisting um, to apply the resistance. So you can't, there's no consistency in what you're doing and the resistance that you're setting. It's just based on feel. Um, so I, I like that about, about the Peloton product, but again, it's a, it's a screen attached to a device that once the screen's end of life, like the device is worthless. Where, where, mm. is, your, where is your Peloton? Um, I, I don't have one. It's a, it's just a, a stationary bike. And then oh. I just use my, my phone, um, and Apple fitness with the, with the bike. Okay. Um, so it's, it's in my basement quite, along with, I quite like the British concept of we sign up for a gym membership and then we get on our cars, we drive to the gym to go and run on a treadmill for 20 minutes, half an hour, an hour, get back in our car and, and drive home as opposed to potentially, the drive it took me might take me 10, 15 minutes there and then 10, 15 minutes back could have been, what if I just ran around in the good old countryside or the environment in which I live in, which is fresh air rather than having to run on a treadmill and, you know, be my surroundings. I've never really understood that. And and ironically, I, I have a treadmill behind me. 
I didn't notice that. <laughs> I don't, that's, only, um, that's only because it's a logistical thing when I'm away working and my wife can't go anywhere because then she can just run on the treadmill. So that's more of a logistics thing rather than a, and also with COVID, we've, we've had it since then anywhere when we couldn't do anything. I so, don't, um, I don't board well with running, to be honest. I've never, I've never, oh, mate, I've tried, I've genuinely tried to go out, done the, tried the couch to 5k thing where you do it gradually and just build up and keep going and going and going. I, I can't do it, man. It, it bores the living shit out of me, honestly. <laughs> and do you know what? It hurts my feet. It really hurts my feet. And I've tried different trainers. I've tried all sorts. Um, you're just not built for running, mate. That's what it is. I'm not, man. I mean, look at us. <laughs> I, if you yeah. saw me running on the streets, you would assume somebody was chasing me, wouldn't you? Like, let's be <laughs> honest. chasing them. Out there for fun. <laughs> I, yeah, so it, it really depends on where you live. Like, if you've got great parks that you can run through with that, that have, like, dirt trails, like, that's that's the thing that makes you not bored is when you're running through nature and uh, or, like, there's this good mountain trails or something that you can run on, Um, I think. that. Uh, yeah, I think but if you're, if you're just running, like, on a sidewalk the whole time, that's going to hurt your knees, you're going to hurt your, your ankles, and we'll just get boring. And uh, in particular, if you're running on a treadmill, like, I, I don't like running on a treadmill, although I will occasionally. It's it's just it's just not for me, man. I I prefer to lift stuff. That it, that just see lifting you know. is good. I, I think the moral of the story here is to do something. Get off your ass and do something. Doesn't matter what you do, just do something. Doesn't matter whether it's a walk, whether it's go to the gym, whether it's go to the gym to run on a treadmill or buy a treadmill and stick it in your garage, or if you've got the space, just do something and set yourself into a routine where you get up early enough clear the decks do the stuff that you always complain that you never get done in the evening because you're tired and all you want to do is unwind play with the kids or watch your favorite program or or catch up or record or, or if you're a workaholic the point being is mental state and physical state are very interlinked and I feel that when we're in the industry that we're in and I know I struggled with this where you're constantly learning all the time and if someone like me who who I have to read things multiple times before I, I get it. Mm -hmm. I'm jealous of people who absorb information like a sponge and they instantly get it. Whereas my processing speed is, yeah, I'm still kind of stuck on 60K RAM and, you know, a Pentium 100 CPUs. That's that's me, man. You know, it, it doesn't yeah. go as fast. So the point that. being, I think it helps you to be physically well balanced and mentally well balanced. And I encourage anybody and anyone to get into a routine where, yeah, do it in the evening, do it mid-morning, do it lunch times. Just don't do it in the evenings because I don't think that's the best time because it's way too busy for a start. But also you might find you struggle with time to get things done. Whereas getting up an extra hour early, uh, so many people have told me that. I, I forget the amount of times I've been told to just set my alarm clock earlier. You'll feel tired to begin with, but you'll get used to it. I mean, how long have you been doing this for right now? And, and uh, you're totally used so to it, right? Would you I ever get used started, to get up at 4 a.m.? I started uh, last year properly um actually this time last year around about actually it was november um but in september i took a break um and i've just gone back uh the last couple of weeks so i do three days a week minimum so i get up four thirty, and you know what it doesn't take as long as you think to get used to it um it's more the i have to kind of see it myself right instead of watching that extra episode of the crown i'm gonna to go to bed tonight and i'm gonna to go to bed for about 9 30 
right? And whether I put on an audio book or whatever, just to to zone out a little bit before going to bed, then then I'll do that and then get up at four thirty. I say tired initially, but once I get that initial coffee, so routine is four thirty. This is this is how robotic you know when i was saying about like my schedule and how i have to like follow like a, a thing otherwise it doesn't work 4 30 i'm ready and downstairs by 4 35 got my coffee i t- have my coffee and i leave at between 5 and 505 before i leave <laughs> this, uh, honestly this is like as well saying about like routines and sticking to times and stuff like that unless i do it, it never gets done because I I have to work in that like in that way. Um. So do we want to uh, shift on to yes. Super Electronic Show? Yeah, this is uh, not a fitness show of any <laughs> the imagination, right? Yeah. So CES is this week. Uh, we're not through it fully, so I'm expecting we'll cover some more CES in the next episode, whenever the hell that is. Uh, it could be next week. It could be two months from now. Um. But uh, a couple of uh, gadgets that were released uh, coming out. So uh, Masonite has released a smart door, uh, which is what they're calling it, uh, to be sold at Home Depot in the U.S. featuring integrated lighting, a built-in ring doorbell, and an integrated Yale smart lock. Uh, And it costs $6,500. And that is I'm going to tell you one person who's going to buy that. And I'm gonna see no, no, I'm gonna see if you can guess, right? Who would buy this door? In the US. In the UK, if it was available oh, in, in the UK, well it's gonna be Dan. Exactly. Dan is this is the stupidest person I know when it comes to shit like this. Oh yeah, <laughs> six and a half thousand pounds for a front door. Yeah, no problem. I'll do that. Like he's just spunked all that money on a Tesla. Also, the pub door has been kicked in so many times where he's been so late opening it up, he probably needs a new door. <laughs> to be fair, mate, everybody thinks it's probably ransacked because it's never been on for so long. <laughs> That's just stupid, um, though. Just providing a door with with everything that you need. I mean, well, what... I was just talking I... to Chris about this before we started recording. So, like, I've already got the ring doorbell. I'm not yeah. bothered about it being integrated into the actual door, and I'm not. I'm not fully convinced with the the smart locks. Right. Um. A little bit skeptical about that. I think the physical security of my home should be physical, right? It should be key that I have, and um, I don't like it. I don't like the thought of it being online, and yeah, I, I just don't like that at all. I yeah. So this this some nice things about this that the uh, outside of the lock and the um and the doorbell there's integrated lighting within it so there's some top lighting there's uh lighting around the handle um and there's lighting at the foot so like that's very cool it's like a framework for this door um and i don't mind if this door contained like cabling over to the doorbell um as built in as as part of it um the the integ- the direct integration and it coming with the doorbell is kind of weird um same thing with the with the lock uh but I'm I'm with you on, on that. The I, I don't like the idea of smart locks. I like the idea of getting in my house without a key. So like we've got a just a pin pad lock that so you can use your key or there's a pin pad that you can use um to get in as well. And I don't think I've used my key since we installed that, but it's it's super handy. Spinning this back, I know someone else with a smart lock 
Can you guess who it is? Christian. No, it's Dan Jones. <laughs> Dan Jones again. <laughs> I told you, man. Honestly, he, he's a sucker for all this shit. Yeah, but really why are you worried, though? Why are you worried? I don't, mate. I work in cybersecurity, right? So I, 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 I'm paranoid about it. I well, just. What's the classic example of where this has successfully worked and it's gone from physical to pretty much keyless? What's the greatest example? Well, the cars. Cars. I mean. Yeah. So not even then, right? You. So you've I got. You've got. Yeah, that's that's not sm- by the RFID skimmers, right? Where they basically just sort of point it near your house where the keys are and pick up the R because you've got these always on keys now where it used to be you just pressed a button to unlock or lock the doors. Now you've got these always on keys. I mean, my Volvo's got it where it's always pinging the, the car within a radius mm-hmm. so that when you go over and you touch the handle, it picks up the key that you're close and unlocks the door, yeah. right? Those always on keys, you can go and buy the RFID skimmers online where you literally just, you, you, you'll have seen the videos, the, the CCTV videos of the, the, the criminals that come up the driveway, you see them go, they hold up the um, the receiver towards the front door where people are storing their keys. And then next thing you just see the lights on the car flash up and they're driving away. Like, there, there are flaws to it, 100%. And don't get me wrong, there are flaws to the keys that I have, right? So someone could bump the lock and things like that. I just feel like it's a little bit more physical and it takes a little bit more time, if I'm honest. Um, granted, my house has never been burgled, but I don't know. I just don't like it. I don't think it would be online. I think this would be an offline system. Well, what what happens, right? Because it will happen, yeah. Because yield, I'm going to be honest. Um, I'm going to just what? use these as an example. I know where you're going with this. Subscri- security subscription where. No, no, not that. Bit like the ring, like the ring door. when there's a vulnerability that didn't know about and thieves are out there actively exploiting it, uh, whether there's a backdoor or whatever. And <laughs> a backdoor. <laughs> that's a great point. That's, that's a great one. I meant that, you know. Honestly, I meant that. I meant that. Um, but let's be honest. I'm just... Nah, I'm not about... I like the idea of it. I like the simplicity of it, like what Chris was saying. you got the pin pads and stuff like that. I'm just not about that, man. That's um, it's a physical security. Don't get me wrong; I've got loads of ring kit around the house. I I'm well invested with ring, but I'm not. I'm not about the the physical security being online. And uh, besides the smart lock and the the ring doorbell, you can get a very nice door for six and a half thousand dollars. Well, who'll pay six and a half grand for a door? I don't know. So we'd re- we replaced both of ours. Uh, so our front door and our side door um, when we added the deck on the house and they were like five fifty a piece, some, something like that. Um, and they, like they weren't bottom of the barrel. They were, they were pretty nice. They're uh, like composite doors with glass and um, we, we spec them the way that we wanted them. But uh, I'm, I, I do not know how is there 10 times it, this door cannot be 10 times better than the door that I have in my house. When you think about the cost, you also have to think, well, yes, the tech may not be that much, but what what value is it adding and how is it changing your life? And is it worth that? Or and even just... again, 
It's just the R&D cost. It's changing my life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, it's the, just the R&D cost, surely. That's why a it's ring so doorbell is what? 150, 200 bucks. The smart lock is sort of the same thing. Like this, those, they partnered with them to provide those integrated, but like, I well, don't get, I don't much, get the cost. Well, how much was a ring doorbell when it first came out? It was a few hundred All bucks, right? The same price. Has it? It hasn't come down a great yeah, deal. Um, yeah. It's, it's, been right around there the the whole time that 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 was when it came out it was it was a reasonably priced video camera with a doorbell i mean i've i've got the the ring doorbell too um i've had mine a while now and you got that one as well yeah you got that too i've I've got the pro (laughs) you're not getting it you've got you've got that one too i got that one as well i think it's because i'm not drinking oh god I need to get back on the drink. This is, this is <laughs> tough. This is a tough crowd. <laughs> but no, I, I, I've had that a few years now. It's got 1080p video. I know it's not 4K, but the night vision on it is brilliant. And I know there's been new iterations of them out, but it, it's genuinely really, really good. Like I have no problems with it whatsoever. I have a slight issue about ring changing which ports they use whenever they want. That really bugs the living shit out of us if i'm honest of which i've told them about many times but obviously they don't care um but they'll do they the, the will change the ports in which they use which annoys me it's it seems to be that the world is going this way with this door because a good example i'm going to give now is i don't know if you've heard of um, this in the in in the uk or the us i've got it over there but sky glass is the well, thing that's, so the sky glass is a Instead of um, cable television, you get a typically a set-top box that you just plug in through HDMI or whatever connection to your TV. And it means you can use any TV you want, right? You can buy a Samsung, Sony, whatever you choose. However, Sky have decided to completely amalgamate everything into a television. So it's, I think, Wi-Fi orientated, but it's the Sky subscription service is kind of built within the TV. So you don't need a set-top box anymore. So it's effectively one power plug now, which is great. But it's kind of everything's all integrated. So if you decided Sky is no longer for you and there's a cheaper service with a rival like BT or I don't know, TalkSport, uh, what's they called? Talk, whatever they call Talk, 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 or uh, Virgin Media, you're kind of screwed because then you have to also go and buy TV as well. Yeah. And it feels I... like this door is a good example of this, this the Sky Glass where they're trying to change things around and get us trying to buy bigger, more expensive things that kind of are integrated with a three-in-one or a two-in-one or a five-in-one feature rich set that is, it sounds like this is the way we're, what we're going to be seeing over the next sort of five <laughs> to 10 years, potentially. Well, Sky, Sky have had to change though, right? Because the dish, the satellite method is just not sustainable, really. I mean, the the, the costs that it must take to like sort of keep that satellite network running okay and the fact that people have one gig internet pipes at home and the tv subscript the tv streaming uses probably what five percent of that max it's uh, yeah ridiculous. yeah why does why does sky have to get involved with hardware at all at this point like well, that it's, you've, it's you've already you, that's no, what it's it not is. 
well no to them you added from there to them you having is, to do because, something different than your apple tv in order to watch something you having this stupid doing, thing integrated in the tv that you then have to replace if you ever want to switch to a different service that's a not a value app. add a value add is is saying hey i can use sky on any device that i have from my phone to my my uh laptop to my uh my set top box whatever you want to do uh, tying it to hardware just makes it worse it does make it worse but what they're doing is i saw this recently is for one monthly subscription you get the tv you get the sky package you get broadband i think um and you get netflix bundled in for one monthly cost so like, people is are it... like well i can do that and get a brand new tv right is it a good tv they're meant to be pretty good, actually. Um, I'm not too sure who actually makes them underneath, but they're actually meant to be pretty decent TVs. Will I buy one? Absolutely not. I'm very happy with the Samsung TV that I've got. It's very good. Um, why Why would Sky not just have an app that is available on a well, I think, operating I think system that's where they're going to. instead of building this, spending all that money and developing hardware on a TV? It is pointless. Absolutely but they've got pointless. that with technically now TV. Right. So I've got now TV um, and you can pick and choose what you want to subscribe to. So whether you just want movies and TV series, which is what I've got, um, you just pay a monthly fee for that. If you want to watch sports, you just pay an extra add on for that. If you want live TV, you just pay an extra add on for that. So I don't I mean, know. Netflix, Netflix Disney, Apple, Google, yeah. YouTube. Oh, up. Um, what else am I missing? Amazon Prime. And there's yeah. one more Paramount now. I mean, yeah. HBO, there are so many that are just even Peacock um, TV, which is a popular one over in the US, it's great over it because you get all the sports, the Premier League football streams. Yay. Um, everything's app based, everything's streamed over the internet. So Sky's leading the way, but I think they've just gone to the extreme and said, let's build a stupid TV. I think they should just have ditched that idea, got I rid think... of their overhead on developing the hardware because it is, it's just. Ridiculous. They could have just literally just reduced their prices, got more, lots more customers, put an app, and then you can just stream your TV services through your internet. I do think you'll see this from Apple, though, right? So Apple's done the TV for a while. And the way the Apple TV subscription works is that they integrate with different partners. Um, like, I never really saw the value of it personally because it was like, oh, do you want to watch this TV series? I'm like, oh, yeah, brilliant. Then it opens up the Channel 4 app on the TV. And I'm like, well, there's no real benefit to that, to be honest. I could just go to Channel 4. I don't need Apple to do that. But what they're, at the minute, you you, you touched on it, is like these subscriptions, right? Netflix, Now TV, Amazon Prime, all of this. Individually, they're not that expensive. But when you add them all up so that you've got all of the services, it is quite expensive, okay? It's certainly more expensive than paying for sky tv or whatever at least i think it is anyway so i think what you'll find is a shift in the in the model so what you'll have is like an apple tv subscription that you pay a monthly fee for then apple will feed in netflix amazon prime all these different things and then whichever you watch gets a a, a portion of that that revenue do you see what i mean 
Yes. So the, the watch revenue, um, I don't see happening, but, but like right now you can buy, you can add additional channels to your Apple TV subscription or you can add, or to your Amazon subscription. Like you can, you can add, um, AMC or, or, um, with a, the couple others uh, that, that like you can add other channels to it that that you get you additional content and then that's paid to those services so uh, apple sort of done that where you can buy i think you can buy hbo max through apple tv and get yeah. that ad- added on but so not like on a per watch basis no i think what you'll find is maybe a shift in that so i think maybe the subscription fee the per month will go up slightly but then you don't pay per watch. They kind of sort that out in the back end and the revenue is distributed around what people want to watch. But I think you'll probably find that they start making a big TV because they've always done Apple TV, but never the actual TV. It's always been the box hardware. So I think you'll probably see something like that, if I'm honest. That's my prediction, at least. I, I think they, I think they'd kill, they'd kill it. They, they would, they, because I, could you imagine how nice those screens would look in your, in your home? They, they would be beautiful. They would be really nice. Yeah, but they do they manufacture in house their own displays, or are those all um, all LG display yeah, panels? Yeah. Apple. I was talking about yeah. Apple now. No, oh, I okay. I understand that, but LG Display makes panels for other TV manufacturers. Yeah. Um. So That's I like. Been. Yeah. Um, so like, I don't see them making their, own, I, I don't see them making their own TV. I, I, I think that they, um, they why stick we, with the, the sort of box setup. They, sh- they, they, why I don't, this is what I'm saying. I think maybe we're seeing the physical element, the hardware elements start to disappear because everything's going to go software based. And then what do you need then to run all the apps? Well, you need a bigger screen. So what effectively means is your, your iPad will probably go from 10 inch to 60, 70, 80 inches as, as what I think. And you'll have a TV operating system instead of a Mac OS or whatever, or iOS, whatever. That's what I think will happen. It's inevitable, mm-hmm. surely. The, 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 I would feel not. That's I, what I think. I don't know if it's true, but that, that's what I would, I would assume. And So I could see them partnering with other display manufacturers and providing TV OS as the Google TV or the Roku. I just don't see them directly making a aluminum framed um, iPad that's bigger. They, they, they will because people will think, think about the, the iPhone is the iPhone 14. I just got the iPhone 14 Pro. There's not a lot of difference between that and the 14 or even the 13. Yeah. The watches, they've done the watches. Um, what else have they done? They've done obviously the, the, the iPads, um, the AirPlay. Um, they've done earphones. What is it that they haven't done yet? And I'm sure there's almost like this agreement between Mr. Sony, Mr. Samsung, Mr. LG, and all the other TV manufacturers, Mr. Panasonic and whatnot. They've all said, no, 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 no. Um, but I reckon time is going to be on their side and they're going to sit there and say, right, I haven't done anything for, say, 10, 15 years because we've concentrated on all of these. But Samsung, Sony, Motorola, they all compete with Apple for the phones. And they also compete with the small screens. So why aren't Apple now turn around and go and let's invade the big screen market? Because they know for a fact that that's the only one of the only electrical 
departments that they haven't really attacked and they know they could but they have there is the apple tv the the set top the 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 streaming box the the problem with this with looking at tvs themselves is that there is not the um the level of iteration that happens when it comes to some of the other electronics phones they refresh every two years um, where displays, if you bought a decent 1080p display, you haven't necessarily needed to upgrade that because of a flaw like this. There, there may be an OS that doesn't respond very quickly, but you can solve that with a um, with a Roku or a, or an Apple TV on it. So... The display itself has not gotten that much better. Yes, are 4K OLEDs better? Absolutely. Do you need to upgrade if yours is working and there's not a, a compelling reason to? No, not really. Well, I think... actually, I think if there's a company that's going to drive people to do that, it's going to be Apple, right? Because if you remember at one point with a mobile phone, you bought it once and then you maybe bought another one in when that one died, right? But then when Apple started releasing better phones every single year, people were wanting to upgrade to the latest phone to have the latest technology. I honestly think, right, and this is, this is me, I, I get what you're saying. They may partner with like Sony or LG or whatever and put Apple TV OS on them and things like that. I think that's a, that's a possibility. But I think if they were to make the panels, they would make that. them aesthetically, I think they would be really, really nice. But if they were to get people to upgrade, they would be the company to do it on a 24-month basis or something like that, I think. But they, you'd, you'd have to have that... Um... You'd have to have those upgrades and those features every two years on that mm. in order to make people upgrade. Like you can't just like right now we're we're just starting to get into the 8K. And once you're there, like it's not going to be resolution that causes you to upgrade at that point. It's got to be something else because a resolution from 8K to 16K, you're not going to see it at the distance that you're watching. Mm, that's a point. Which is where I think it becomes a new player because I don't think Apple are going to want to sit there and develop their software to go in all these different TV screens for these different manufacturers have all of these integration problems. I would think that they would just create their own, whether they expand the existing iOS um, or create a brand new one and call it a TV OS, whatever. I think that they would do that and have all of the Sky, Paramount, um, Netflix, all the apps developed for their specific TVs and they would be looking a hell of a lot nicer they'd be slim they might even come in different colors that isn't just black they might actually come what? in a nice deep purple or a nice red or even a white because i think that's what will be the attractive it's more of an aesthetic with apple because they do make nice curvy cool products i hate to say it, but they they do they've got the the look nailed on but i think that's the only to me that just makes I, I don't know, maybe Dan would probably tell, tell me something different, but it just seems like that's the only market they haven't attacked yet. And if they did, they've got, what, a $600 billion cash war chest. They could easily clean up that market and make a killing because people will buy their products because they're Apple products. And all of a sudden, you're in the ecosystem anyway. What, what's the one thing that's missing? Well, I can't, I couldn't four or five years ago stream my iPhone to my TV. I probably can now. Because I think it's supported because it's finally got there. Yeah, but what if yeah, I could just yeah, airplay? Exactly, it's got better. But what if it's just well, I've got an Apple TV, not the Apple. I'm talking about. I've got a 50 inch Apple TV in my living room, in my bedroom, and all my all my house is just Apple products. 
I mean, people will go for that. Trust me. I, I think. But that's they've already done that with the their box, the Apple TV that is running TVOS, um, and has well, all of the apps. Need, it has the need, Sky app. It has the HBO they, Max app. It has Netflix. They they've got to, that already. They need to build a big LED screen and then badge it with a an Apple that's got a bite taken out of it. And then I must admit that um, that's what they're doing wrong. Roku box. Tim, box. give us a call, mate. That's what you are. <laughs> I I do it with the Roku box now. So my old TV, my old Panasonic, went upstairs in the in the bedroom of the TV, and I bought a Roku box. And I'm majorly impressed with that. I've got all the apps on it. I can now do AirPlay. Um, I can do all sorts of that. That's pretty. That's pretty impressive, to be honest. I, so why don't we shift on? Because we're we're uh, we've got a little bit of a theme going on when it comes to the separation of the smart device and the dumb device. So our next CES story, uh, uh, Eve has released some uh, retro rollers. Um, they turn your dumb roller blinds for your windows, like I've got back here. Great content for a podcast. Um, into a, a smart blinds so they're they're basically just little motors that attach to the bottom uh they have the little smarts in them and they will uh, pull the chain for you to uh, roll up and down your blinds um they're also rolling out a few new options and integrations with some custom blind sites like blinds.com and selectblinds.com um so for the same reason that I don't like Peloton, I like these because if the smarts die, your roller blinds that you like so much and that you have in your house and that are strangely expensive, uh, you don't have to swap those out. They, the, the smarts just stop working and the rest of it continues to just be a blind <laughs> or you can swap it out with something else. That's not new, is it? Come on. That's not innovative, is it? Well, is there is electronic blinds have been out for God knows how long. Right, but uh, electronic blind uh, uh, functionality that brings uh, electronic blinds to existing dumb blinds. If you've got a house from the 1970s with roller blinds and you wanted to make those smarts smart, it's literally just a little puck that goes on the side <laughs> and handles the chain for you. It means you just have to buy the smarts. You don't have to buy the blind. Yeah. Maybe. Would I have it? Probably not. No, normally I'd probably buy a specific set of blinds that has it all built in and looks sleek and sexy rather than have some sort of widget that just blinks every five seconds an LED flash and sends me doolally and have it. Yeah, but but the benefit of, of this is that like if you're at if you're looking at custom sizes or or an oddball size or an oddball window that you can buy the blind that fits that and then add this on to it. So you've got smart blinds in something that isn't just not a part number from uh, smart blind manufacturers. Mm-hmm. Actually, to be honest, I can see that working. So, you know, I'm height impaired, see, right? I- I'm not very tall, right? Alan takes a piss all the time, but um, I've got a, I've got a window <laughs> at the top of the stairs, right? And it looks out the side of the house on the gable end. Can I hell open the blinds? Can I hell open the window? Because I, I, I can't. You have to use a ladder, right? If I was about two foot taller, then I'd probably be okay. And it, it's a bit annoying because we've kind of just got the, the blinds set at, at a certain angle. But it would be nice to be able to tilt them. But I don't have to get the ladder out every single time I want to do it. 
So I guess there's a there's a need for it there, and I would probably use it for that. I just thought uh, that. Yeah, and the very yeah. cool thing about them is that the motor is separate from the door, so you can replace the motor when it fails. That's the <laughs> whole point. Mm. I, mean, I do like that element of it because then, like you're saying, because them smarts are always the first thing to die because they're cheaply manufactured. And just they're not great. Let's be honest. It, think about all the people that bought those first gen Sono speakers that just <laughs> absolutely bricked themselves. And you've <laughs> got to go and buy new smart speakers. Yeah. How have, how pissed one. off were you at that? I wasn't. Alan was one of them, weren't you? I, was, I wasn't actually because I was due to, I had the, uh, what was it called? The Play 5? Um, is it what was is it the play five? They were numbered. Um, what was what was the numbers again? It was the, oh, they were they were numbered with the size, right? Like the the five. with the lower number being the smallest and the yeah. So the big one I had at the time was the five, which was the, the it was massive, but it looked it just looked it it just looked dated. I mean, it's probably going to be amazing in about 10, 15 years because it's going to have that retro look again. <laughs> but um, when they ironically. Um, I wasn't bothered when they brought that out. I was a bit like, ah, oh, I've just got to use a different app. That was all it that's all it was. It still gave me the functionality. It just meant the newer ones that I bought couldn't be controlled with the single app. It could still control it, but I just had to use a different app. What the use... uh, yeah, but it couldn't do a full previous... group, right? Yeah, no, that's a... correct. It, it was basically isolated. It was basically a separate system on its own controlled by the dedicated app, a legacy app that I'll still because if you remember, people kicked off because it just cut it, they Sonus just cut them loose, didn't they? They said Right, all the old shit's gone now. You have to buy new stuff. And people complain, so they brought out a, they called it an S1 controller or something like that app. I can't remember the name of it, where it was legacy um, Sonos speakers that you could still control with an app, but they wouldn't, that app wouldn't also support the newer models or the new, the next generation. So you had to have a, a separate app, which again, wouldn't support the old one. So people could still use the speakers. They just had to use two different apps, which was. But they could still use the speakers only after Sonos sort of, uh, change direction and said we're yeah. going to develop this this for it. If Sonos had not done that and just said you're out of luck, we're, it would have been, disabled. It would have been a paperweight, exactly. Yeah, um, that that's the point. Yeah, or door stop. Um, but I mean, I, I get it, but I guess there are certain things that I think are pointless. I mean, I'll be honest with you, roller blinds don't really excite me, no matter how technical they become. And I'm kind of asking the question: Who the Fucking helpful. Rollerblades need to be motorized. Oh man, imagine the amount of money we're going to make out of that. It's going to be an ingenious. Let's get to the CES 2023. Roll that out. Who actually come up with this crap? Because I just think it's just it's just bizarre. It's just. I mean, I don't think people are going to do it. I think people, if you're too lazy to get off your ass or reach, <laughs> you're not tall enough to reach. Just, <laughs> just pull the cord and open the blinds yourself. Listen, right. Uh, people with no, think... disabilities are real people, okay? <laughs> uh, or, like, think about it when it comes to uh, you've got a living room with a vaulted ceiling and you've got, like, the like two sets of windows and the top ones are shaded. Uh, top ones have blinds. You can make those top ones be motorized um, so they'll automatically come down in the summer when it's hot during the middle of the day and then open up at night like that kind of thing where you can't necessarily reach them or people that are that are physically disabled that they would be interested in in having something that you can you can control with an app or or um, set on a schedule he always, he always seems seems to see the positive of these uh smart things yeah doesn't Chris? that's he my always... new year's resolution i've got a no sunny, out, sunny outlook yeah I'm, be, I'm being a miserable bugger trying to you know um, one of these two things, and Chris is just so optimism. Smart doors or smart blinds, yeah or nay? That's 
what we're talking about here. Uh, smart ball, I, I, yes or no? I, no. Nah. I don't see the point of smart door. Uh, I don't really see the point of the smart door. I understand the smart blinds. Right. No. So we've got, we've got no, a no solid no on the doors. Solid no on the blinds as well. I'm a no for the blinds. I don't. I just don't see the need. I mean, you may as well put remote controls on TV so people don't get up and switch the channels. Oh, hang on, you've done that. How about our our final smart product of the day? <laughs> yep. Are you excited for this one? Come on. This Chris. is a product from Withings. The U-Scan is a non-invasive device that you stick in your toilet to monitor metabolic and reproductive health. Withings is focused on two use cases to start, reproductive health and nutrition. Cycle sync cartridge measures LH, pH levels, and hydration levels via urine-specific gravity. So it's a smart device that you put in your toilet and pee on, and then it relays that information that it's analyzed back to your smartphone. So it's a smart pregnancy stick. Uh, It has not mentioned... Imagine that. Well, you did say reproductive health, so yeah. I would imagine, you know, the amount of arguments <laughs> that's going to start. The missus goes to the toilet. Oh, you're uh, you're two weeks pregnant today. Well, I didn't know about that. Yeah. Well, you, you, the technology is going to know before you do, and then the alert notification is going to be, congratulations <coughs> and it's going to be i wanted to tell you myself and unfortunately you've just been notified by this thing called. i Lidens. was just thinking about the the more sinister side of things like there's been a new milkman coming around for the last couple of weeks and all of a sudden your wife's now pregnant so you still have milkman <laughs> dan would buy this 100 dan, dan would buy this right dan would, he, dan, dan he would, would do little blogs he would do little blogs on his on his urine health every week would he <laughs> I think Dan would be disappointed when he finds out he's not pregnant. <laughs> he's, not even, weeks. he's not even here to defend himself. That's what makes it all the better, isn't it? Let's be honest. So th- this reminds me, it was probably 10 years ago, I think, was uh, was this story is that uh, um, uh, uh, a father had called Target. Target. Yeah, yes. I, know this. I knew uh, you were going to go to that story. Yeah, so the daughter, I believe, was being advertised uh, uh, things like diapers and um, all sorts of things for a baby's room, um, and he was very mad about it. But then a couple of weeks later, he had called them to apologize uh, because they were correct in that his daughter was pregnant. So uh, Target's advertising and uh, data analytics department had uh, had known that she was pregnant based on the purchasing history. Yes, wow. it's, it's a bit like your club cards or your whatever scan and go. They can actually take a history and, and target the advertising towards yeah. it. So she was buying things, I think, for pregnancy and, and stuff and not telling her parents. And then they sent all this stuff and it became public. And that's how they they found out the secret through, yeah, targeted advertising by, tar- by targeted advertising by target. Hey, <laughs> but, it, but it, just shows, it just shows the power of tech. It's, uh, it's becoming invasive. Uh, yeah, this is this I is another you need something in your fucking toilet, right? Like this is this is too far. It genuinely is. And who's going to change the batteries? All right, you got to go in, rubber gloves on, in there swimming around leftover turds and stuff. So yeah, just I, change the batteries. I actually like this one, believe it or not. Oh, go for give over. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna... Why do you like this one? Come on. I tell you why. Because we are actually moving into, I think, a, a world where you've got more self-diagnostics because the NHS in the UK is is, is critical. 
we, mm-hmm. you know, get the doctor. I don't know. What, I mean, in the US, it's different because you've got private healthcare and you pay for it. Um, in the UK, it's slightly different. We can't get a GP within, I mean, yeah. some you can within a day or two, but typically if you want an appointment, it can be anything up to three to four weeks to see a, to see a doctor. And, you know, the, the Apple Watch provides some sort of diagnostics with your blood oxygen levels or, or you know, all that kind of stuff. So you can kind of help you with your, your rhythm, whatever you call for your heart rate or whatever it is. Um, now we're talking about basically peeing into something that can give you a little bit of a diagnosis. And I think that's a good thing, because then if there are things that you wouldn't normally suspect, oh, my God, there's a there's a there's a reading that makes you go and follow it up and all of a sudden it's a serious ailment and you would never have known that because you would have just carried on without the symptoms potentially or you're put off by the fact that you can't get a doctor's appointment so because people are like that i mean you know we've already had this though haven't we this food testing with the you are what you eat with jillian mckeith didn't you go around people's houses on tv sampling the the stool samples and seeing you're eating too many yeah but you don't have to be on tv for this one no, you can just put it in your toilet, mate. You know where you go. And see, I, I, actually, I think now that like you've said that, good. now that you've said that, I don't see that being a bad problem. But, mate, if you can't look at your urine, right, your piss in the toilet, I've said urine because I'm being polite, but then I change it to piss because I'm not an idiot. Um, that made no sense. And, and look and go, I'm severely dehydrated because what's come out of me tadger looks like toffee. <laughs> Right. Well, that, if, if, it, if it if it that's that's that means that's extreme dehydration if it's that color. Yeah, but if you can't look at the color, this is this is weird. This is a weird podcast. <laughs> but if you if you can't look at the color of it and go, actually, there's a problem there. Or look at the dump that you've just left behind and go, oh, that's that's bad. Like <laughs> <laughs> there's something wrong with him. If you need an app to tell you that you need to change your diet or you need to go and see your doctor based on what you leave in the toilet. I don't know. But I do get what you mean, though, that the the self-diagnostics and stuff like that. So if they can measure something and say, right, actually, there could be a problem here. You might have diabetes or, or it could be a possibility. I, I don't know to what extent they actually diagnose or help you with. But Well, well they wouldn't diagnose anything. What they would do is they would obviously have a primitive level of testing and then they notify you and it's up to you then to kind of go to gp and even say i need to get tested and they run the test or yeah. you tell them oh by the way i signed up with this with the app or whatever it is i mean i'm sure people do with the apple watch or, or the garmin watches that detect you know your, your heart pattern yeah, really. your heart your, that's it and people would be notified and think i need to go and see a specialist yeah, so you can check share, not a serious condition share I mean, the this, data is, with this is good uh, yeah, I, I like this and future versions of this product and similar products in in concept as just early intervention is that, hey, we're seeing something that is super wrong and you need to go to the doctor and it's not necessarily something that you have symptoms for yet um, or even just being able to monitor it over over the course of the year and and show that to your your primary care and and, and let them see that data to help you make better health decisions. And that's all in concept and how it's used. The problem becomes that this is now private health data that's going into a publicly traded company's app 
Mm-hmm. Um, and if they're taking that data and using it for other purposes, that's where we get into problems. Same way as that we have to be careful about the the health data that's going into your Apple Watch. Yeah. So there's there's two sides of this. The technology in itself works very well. And I'm not convinced by the whole toilet thing. I think it's a good things what Alan mentioned, but I'm not fully convinced on that. Well, but- how, how else are you getting like health test data if you're not using the toilet because you can do saliva you can do blood you can use urine or you can use poo i'll be honest chris right i adopt the typical british male mentality is and alan you may be the same here is i never go to the doctors unless i am genuinely dropping to bits never i i I go when i've got an earache or a sniffle no, you don't. <laughs> I'm, there, I, I I'm there every day. No, I'm not. You're right. I think that's just typical of, of most probably alpha males, maybe. Um, I'm not saying that we're alpha males. Well, definitely you're right. I just, I, d- I don't know. Like, I remember, like, this is, this is going off topic again. Uh, damaged my shoulder. My knack of the rotator cuff my shoulder. And I rang the doctor. That, in fact, no. My, my missus said, you need to go to the doctors, and I was like, "I'll be fine." Couple of couple of weeks, some some more paracetamol and things like that. I'll be I'll be right as rain. I wasn't. So she turned around. and She says, "You're not allowed to complain about your shoulder anymore unless you go to the doctors." So I, I rang the doctor. I told them, um, "We can get you in in the next four weeks. Is that all right?" Well, not really. So it's like, I don't know. I just don't go. Quite frankly, I have to be genuinely drop into bits before i go to the doctor but like as you get older the the checkups become more and more important. no no not at all yeah they do you need to get your you know when you hit your 40s you need to get your mot done check the undercarriage yeah man cough sir <clears throat> oh um, i won't say it, anything more about that will i even even then <laughs> <laughs> I'm not convinced I'll I'll get it done, and well, that's just that's just here, me. Here's what's going to happen. I guarantee. How do they How do they sell these things? How do they get this this this? What's it called again? A withy. Well, so what's next? Smart prostate ones to withings. Well, withings. Sorry. So so how would they sell withings if people? It, it's a. I think it's a good thing personally. I, I do actually think it's a good thing for people who want to make sure that they maintain a good level of health. You can tell a lot apparently from you know from urine apparently. So, how would they, how would they get it people to start adopting it? What would they do? I so this is a bit of a unique device for them because they actually make smartwatches. This is their first foray they into like blood pressure monitors and things like that, and scales and God knows what else, don't they? Yeah, but it's it's like with health insurance. There's incentives for you to test regularly, isn't it? So what I'm saying to you is, is that the way they could get people to adopt it more would be, have you got a withings in your system? You get further discounts potentially on, you know, making sure that your, you know, health insurance keep the cost down by being active, that you don't smoke, that you don't consume too much alcohol, that you eat a healthy lifestyle, and all this kind of stuff. And if you sign up for certain things, and they can see that you are consistent with a healthy active lifestyle then it brings the premium down and i think that's fair compared to someone who just 
plays games all day or sits on their ass and eats all the junk food and all this kind of stuff and adds to the potential issues that we have with the health system, especially in the UK. I think if we could incentivize people to, to install things like this, where, you know, a, a, yeah, a urine sample could be then sent to the medical, you know, company who's analyzing your data to say, yeah, there's no, this, this guy doesn't have any serious ailments. Let's bring it down. All of a sudden, oh, we've seen something here. Oh, okay. We're going to have to boost his premium because he's going to be claiming to kind of thing. I mean, there's the sinister well, ways in which that can happen, but surely that's yeah, a good even, thing. Even without touching the premiums, early intervention is always cheaper when it comes to health than yeah. late intervention. So uh, that if you've got the ability to catch something early and treat it before it becomes a major problem, it is going to be far cheaper for the insurance company um, or, or the NHS to to treat that than if they let it go until symptoms start and uh, and it becomes a problem and you have to be hospitalized for multiple days or or have invasive treatments. It's just easier. Old people will go for this, honestly. They'll go for it. They'll, 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 you'll come around their house. Hey, Nana, how are you? I'm all right, son. Do you want to see me? Um, we we, we samples. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Look, well, at this. Look at this. Look at this. Look what I've done. I've been diagnosed with this, this, and this, and this. Because that's what all people There's like There's going to be a lot about. of false positives, isn't there? <laughs> because if you live in a multiple occupancy household and you have guests who all use the same toilet. <gasps> Can you imagine that? Go? She's pregnant. <gasps> Uh, which one though? There's four. There's four women in the house. Which one could be pregnant? As long like... as it's not yours. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like, I, right. I don't know. I, I think it's a bit. But you would. You'd what probably you're supposed to do? Go and take the piss pot out every time someone comes around. Like, I don't know. I don't. Look, the way in which it's practically used is to, to be debated. But I think the concept for stuff like this, I think, is good. So I'm going to give this one a thumbs up. Alan approved design. Yeah, man, I'd install these. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd like this is one that I'm very interested to see how it uh, how it progresses, how this technology progresses and, and see how we can use it in the future. Uh, I don't know about buying one to throw in my toilet right now. I'll be firmly on the fence with this. I think I will wait and see. And we it just started on... to review products all of a sudden and give a wireless podcast rate and approval. Do you know what? It certainly looks like it. And actually, I think this is a bit more interesting, to be honest, isn't it? Like, that's... Uh, uh, manufacturers will be clamoring to oh, get yeah. the <laughs> wireless podcast seal of approval. <laughs> Honestly, I'm, I'm going to have to put my phone on Do Not Disturb tomorrow. The amount of calls. <laughs> oh, actually, I'll have to put my phone on Do Not Disturb in six weeks when Alan actually gets around to editing this episode and publishing it. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. At which point this will be launched and everything. I tell you what we need to do is the CES is still on, you said, Chris, right? Uh, it's still on and through the whole week, I think. Yeah. Oh, okay. So maybe we need to kind of see what like new kind of cool quips they come out with and we can do a review on, on some more roller blinds and some, you know, pissing utensils and stuff like that. Maybe we could do this for the week. I do really enjoy our like gadget episodes. So uh, I'm, yeah. I'm in for that. I mean, I'm definitely Raymond, Raymond's missed out here. I mean, you know, his toilet humor would have been perfect this for this. I mean, he he just buys drones on a whim. So if anybody's going to buy something and put in the toilet, it's definitely going to be real. <laughs> That's where all his money goes down the toilet, <laughs> buying all them drones. <laughs> so everyone will have to tweet at us and, and decide which uh, which podcast host is the first to buy something that sticks in their toilet. 
<laughs> it's certainly not going to be me. I don't think it'll be me. Uh, and and on that lovely note, I think we're uh, we're coming to an end of uh, of this episode. Uh, we'll try to uh, we'll try to go for this uh, at some point time in the future. Uh, cover the rest of CES and uh, check out some new games. Yeah, uh, baby. Yeah, I would be up for a game. It's not. Uh, all right. Um, we'll see you later then, gents. Thanks. Thank you. Bye.